Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a soul anchor. Hello, this is the Soul Anchor Podcast, and I am your host, Vidal Moreno. In the Soul Anchor Podcast, we seek to anchor our faith in the truths of the Bible, while we sail across the sea seeking adventures where they can be found. Our Western world is in trouble. What role can Christians play? How shall we now live? How shall we as faithful believers in the truth prepare ourselves for these trying times? That is where the book Live Not By Lies comes in. This book was written by Rod Dreher, and it will be worth your time and money to read this book with me. So, what is this book about? Folks, we're not the first people in history to undergo what we're going through. The Central Europeans experienced this same problem after World War II. Some of these people are still around. What Drera does is journey to Central Europe, find these Christians that went through the communist persecution, and report back to us what he learned. This series will encapsulate what they have to say. Last week, we began by introducing the difference between authoritarianism and totalitarianism. In a nutshell, authoritarianism, what we often call a dictatorship, demand your obedience through brute strength. They do not care what you believe as long as you obey. The minute you step out of line, the hammer will come down. Dictatorships want your body. When you think of authoritarianism, think Cuba. Totalitarianism is much more diabolical. They do care what you think. They want your body and your soul. You are to believe what they espouse, or the hammer will come down. In human history, we have seen hard totalitarianism. This would be the former Soviet Union and present-day China and North Korea. But what we're seeing in the West is not the rise of hard totalitarianism, but soft. Soft totalitarianism exploits the Western preference for personal pleasure over principles including political liberties. The public will support or at least not oppose the coming soft totalitarianism, not because it fears the imposition of cruel punishments, but because it will be more or less satisfied by their selfish comforts. 1984 is not the novel that previews what's coming. It's rather Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. Social critic James Poulos calls this the, quote, pink police state, unquote, an informal arrangement in which people will surrender political rights in exchange for guarantees of personal pleasure. Soft totalitarianism makes use of advanced surveillance technology not imposed by the state, yet, but rather 
welcomed by consumers as aids to lifestyle convenience and in the post-pandemic environment, likely needed for public health. It is hard to get worked up over Big Brother when you have already grown accustomed to big data closely monitoring your private life via apps, credit cards, and smart devices, which make life so much easier and more pleasurable. Don't believe me? Stop this podcast right now and go watch the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma. How did maximizing a feeling of well-being become the ultimate goal of Western people and societies? Well, Philip Reef, an American sociologist and not a religious believer, writes about this in detail in his book, quote, The Triumph of Therapeutic, unquote. In it, Reef writes, quote, The death of God in the West had given birth to a new civilization devoted to liberating the individual to seek his own pleasures and to managing emergent anxieties. Religious man, who lived according to beliefs in transcendent principles that ordered human life around communal purposes, had given way to psychological man, who believed that there was no transcendent order and that life's purpose was to find one's own way experimentally. Man no longer understood himself to be a pilgrim on a meaningful journey with others, but as a tourist who traveled through life according to his own self-designed itinerary with personal happiness as his ultimate goal. This is a revolution even more radical than the 1917 Bolshevik Russian event, unquote. For the first time, humankind was seeking to create a civilization based on the rejection of any culture-wide binding transcendent order. And by transcendent, I mean coming from outside of us, coming from God. Almost a quarter century before the fall of the Berlin Wall, Reef predicted that communism would not be able to withstand the cultural revolution coming from the West, one that promised to set the individual free to pursue hedonism and individualism. Truth is, if there is no sacred order to things, then the original promise of the serpent in the Garden of Eden, you shall be gods, become the foundational principle of this new culture. Reef saw, however, that you could not have culture without cult, that is, without shared belief in and submission to a sacred order. What you get is an anti-culture, and anti-culture is inherently unstable. Reef foresaw the future of religion as a devolution into watery spirituality, which could accommodate anything. In 2005, the sociologist of religion Christian Smith and Melinda Lundquist Denton coined the phrase, quote, moralistic therapeutic deism, unquote, to describe the decorative form that Christianity and all faiths, in fact, have taken in contemporary America. It consisted of 
the general belief that God exists and that he wants nothing more from us than to be nice and for us to be happy. In therapeutic culture, which has everywhere triumphed, the great sin is to stand in the way of the freedom of others, to find happiness as they wish. This goes hand in hand with the sexual revolution, which, along with the ethnic and gender politics, have replaced the failed economic class struggles as the utopian focus of the post-1960s radical left. You see, the Cold War and the fallout from the cultural conflicts of the 60s and 70s drove many white conservative Christians to identify with the Republican Party and the free market economics as part of the Christian morality. Now, I'm about to make you politically conservative Christians very uncomfortable. Dreher writes that this same relativism that we denounced, disguised as free market dogma, has allowed us to absorb this therapeutic ethos. After all, if true freedom is defined as freedom of choice, as opposed to the classical concept of choosing virtue, then the door is wide open to reforming religion along therapeutic lines centered around subjective experience. This is why so many conservative Christians did not see and still cannot explain the ongoing victories of transgenderism in the culture war. The transgender phenomenon, which requires affirming psychology over biological reality, is a logical culmination of a process that started centuries earlier. Christian resistance on a large scale to the anti-culture has been fruitless and is likely to be so for the foreseeable future. Why? Because the spirit of the therapeutic has conquered the churches as well, even those populated by Christians who identify as conservative. Relatively few contemporary Christians are prepared to suffer for their faith because therapeutic society that has formed them denies the purpose of suffering in the first place. And the idea of bearing pain for the sake of truth seems ridiculous. All the lies and the lies about lies that formed communist order were built on this foundational lie. The communist state is the sole source of truth. Orwell said in 1984, quote, The party told you to reject the evidence of your eyes and ears, unquote. It was their final, most essential command. Under the dictatorship of Big Brother, the party understood that by changing language, newspeak is the party's word for the jargon it imposes on society. It controls the categories in which people think. Freedom is slavery. Truth is falsehood, and so forth. The party in 1984 also introduced doublethink, holding two contradictory beliefs in one's mind simultaneously and accepting both of them. The goal is to convince the person that all truth exists within the mind. And the rightly ordered mind believes whatever the party says it's true. In our time, we do not have an all-powerful state forcing this on us. This dictatorship 
is far more subtle. Under soft totalitarianism, the media, academia, corporate America, and other institutions are practicing newspeak and compelling the rest of us to engage in doublethink every day. For example, did you know that men have periods? The woman standing in front of you is to be called he. Diversity and inclusion means excluding those who object to ideological uniformity. Equity means treating people unequally, regardless of their skills and achievements, to achieve an ideological correct result. Many Christians will see through these lines today, but will choose not to speak up. According to Milosh, whom you met in last episode, quote, their silence will not save them and will instead corrode them, unquote. Let me introduce you to the practice of ketman. This is the Persian word for the practice of maintaining an outward appearance of Islamic orthodoxy while inwardly dissenting. Ketman was the strategy everyone who wasn't a true believer in communism had to adopt to stay out of trouble. It is a form of mental defense. What is the difference between Ketman and plain old hypocrisy? As Miloš explains, quote, having to be on all the time invariably changes a person. Ketman is worse than hypocrisy because living by it all the time corrupts your character and ultimately everything in society, unquote. Miloš identified two different types of Ketman under communism. For example, professional ketman is when you convince yourself that it's okay to live a lie in the workplace because that's what you have to do to have freedom to do good work. Metaphysical ketman is the deepest form of the strategy, a defense against total degradation. It consists of convincing yourself that it really is possible for you to be a loyal opponent of the new regime while working with it. Christians who collaborated with the communist regimes were guilty of metaphysical ketman. In fact, says Milos, quote, it represents the ultimate victory of the big lie over the individual soul, unquote. Under the emerging tyranny of wokeness, conservatives, including conservative Christians, learn to practice one or more forms of ketman. The ones who are most deeply deceived are those who convince themselves that they can live honestly within woke systems by outwardly conforming and learning how to adapt their convictions to the new order. On the day of his Moscow arrest, February 12, 1974, Alexander Solzhenitsyn published what would be his final message to the Russian people before the government exiled him to the West. In the title of the exhortation, he urged the Russian people to live not by lies. What did he mean to live by lies? It meant accepting without protest all the falsehoods and propaganda that the state compelled its citizens to affirm, or at least not to oppose, to get along peaceably under totalitarianism. Everybody says that they have no choice but to conform and to accept powerlessness. 
But that is the lie that gives all the other lies their malign force. The ordinary man may not be able to overturn the kingdom of lies, but he can at least say that he is not going to be its loyal subject. A man who refuses to live by lies will not say, write, affirm, or distribute anything that distorts the truth. He will not go to a demonstration or participate in a collective action unless he truly believes in the cause. He will not take part in a meeting in which the discussion is forced and no one can speak the truth. He will not vote for a candidate or proposal he considers to be dubious or unworthy. He will walk out of an event as soon as he hears the speaker utter a lie, ideological drivel, or shameless propaganda. He will not support journalism that distorts or hides the underlying facts. In conclusion, the task of the Christian dissident today is to personally commit herself to live not by lies. How can she do that alone? She needs to draw close to authentic spiritual leadership, clerical, lay, or both. She needs to get involved in informal small cells of fellow believers with whom she can pray, sing, study scripture, and read other books important to their mission. Within her small group, the dissident can discuss the issues and challenges facing them as Christians, especially challenges to their liberties. They can employ the Kolokovich method of see, judge, and act, that is, identify the challenge, discern together its meaning, then act on your conclusions. Spreading the movement throughout the country and helping sympathetic believers prepare for days of suffering and resistance ahead. So, what can we do right now? Get your church involved in having small groups as part of the church life. If COVID taught us anything, it taught us that we need to have plans for dispersing if the state orders us not to meet in churches anymore, as most American states did. Sure, the church adapted and started presenting their services via internet. You do realize that can all go away at a touch of a button, right? If your church does not have a small group, join one that does. Create your own. Find friends and neighbors to invite. Start by introducing them to the creeds and who we are in Christ list. We must be equipped to respond to lies with truths. The battle for our mind is about to begin. Are you equipped to fight this battle? Soft totalitarianism is coming, and we will see in the next podcast that the groundwork has already been laid. But with this coming storm is an unprecedented opportunity. With everything stripped from us, like the European dissidents, we will have the opportunity to break through the narcissistic stupor our Western friends are in and provide real hope and truth for them. 
you're enjoying the Soul Anchor podcast and would like to automatically receive the podcast every time I upload an episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Soul Anchor Podcast is also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The Soul Anchor Podcast Facebook page has the complete transcript of this episode. Like the page so that you can receive notifications when I post information about these episodes. I invite all my listeners to message me on Facebook or email me at vidmore at yahoo.com. I would love to hear from you. I get very little feedback, and I would love to get some feedback, positive or negative. Getting back to the podcast, if you're enjoying the podcast, tell others about it and leave a five-star review because that will allow the podcast to get more recognition in the community. Till we meet again. It's a soul anchor. Hold on to the hope it is a soul With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.